Imaging the small. Improving nuclear magnetic resonance with SaberDream. In a recent paper, Dr. Philip Norcott at the Australian National University proposes a new strategy to improve nuclear magnetic resonance spectroscopy and imaging, a technique widely used in biology, chemistry and medical imaging. A difficulty in these applications of nuclear magnetic resonance is low sensitivity and the potential for multiple signals to overlap, and existing techniques may only improve one of these factors without addressing the other. Dr. Norcott suggests and tests a novel technique that offers the best of both worlds. It's hard to study small things. The smallest stuff we can see with our eyes is around one-tenth of a millimetre, or maybe slightly smaller with perfect eyesight. For most of human history, this was the limit of what we could see. Nothing smaller and nothing so distant that it appeared smaller. Eventually, scientists discovered that glass and other materials bend light, and by carefully shaping the glass, light could be brought into focus, reflected or split into a rainbow. Between the 11th and 14th centuries, Islamic and European mathematicians used these light-bending properties to make spectacles and other tools to aid the eye, such as rudimentary magnifying glasses. By the 17th century, the first patents were filed for telescopes and microscopes, granting scientists two new worlds to explore, the very distant and the very small. Exploring the world of the small, we discovered cells, microorganisms and more, but even the best optical microscopes have their limits. Visible light has a size, defined by its wavelength, of several hundred nanometers. However, the protein haemoglobin, which carries oxygen in your red blood cells, has a diameter 50 times smaller, rendering it impossible to see with a microscope. How then do we study small things that small? Nuclear magnetic resonance, or NMR, spectroscopy is one way. This technique is excellent for studying molecules and proteins non-destructively and is widely used in biology and chemistry. NMR is also the process behind hospital MRI machines used to image and diagnose disease in soft tissues. NMR works by exposing a sample to a strong, constant magnetic field then, a weak oscillating magnetic field is also applied, and the sample responds by emitting an electromagnetic signal. This signal has a particular frequency, corresponding to the resonant frequency of the nuclei of certain atoms in the sample. That is, under the right magnetic fields, the nuclei emit a signal you can use to identify them. However, this only works with certain elements and isotopes. The atomic nuclei being detected must be unbalanced in a certain way, and this unbalanced nature is exploited to produce the signal. More technically, the atom must have a nuclear spin, which means an odd total number of protons and neutrons. In this case, the nuclei will try to line up with the oscillating magnetic field, releasing a signal when they return to their resting state. As useful as it is, NMR has weaknesses. In his recent paper, published in Physical Chemistry Chemical Physics, Dr. Philip Norcott identifies two fundamental flaws and proposes a technique to mitigate them. 
The first weakness is NMR's low sensitivity. You need really strong magnets to get any signal at all. For comparison, Earth's magnetic field, generated by the roiling molten iron and nickel in the outer core, manages to protect us from the intense solar wind with a magnetic field hundreds of thousands of times weaker than NMR machines. This low sensitivity means you need a large number of detectable nuclei in your sample to generate a coherent signal, but this is a problem if you want to study trace amounts of a molecule. For example, if you're identifying impurities in a chemical mixture. As Dr. Norcott explains, this sensitivity problem can be mitigated with hyperpolarization. This technique increases the proportion of nuclei that respond to the magnetic field, boosting the signal they produce. However, it doesn't solve the second issue. The second weakness is that different signals can overlap. Recall that signal emitted by each detectable atom depends on the natural resonant frequency of its nucleus. This is how we identify which atoms are in the sample. A useful analogy here is a tuning fork. If you hit a tuning fork, it will resonate, producing sound at a specific pitch. This occurs because reverberations at that pitch are reinforced and sustained, while others fade quickly. If you hit a bunch of tuning forks, you could break the resulting sound down into distinct pitches and figure out what tuning forks were hit. However, two tuning forks that are pitched really close together are harder to resolve. The problem with NMR is that all the tuning forks are pitched pretty close, and stronger signals can hide weaker signals. This is a problem if your sample has lots of different atomic nuclei. Dr. Norcott explains that, again, there is a partial solution to this problem. A technique called dream time lets scientists filter the spectrum under special conditions so that the signals from unwanted components are removed. This means scientists can choose certain signals to look for as if they were picking out and listening to one particular tuning fork amongst a whole array of them. Again, though, this doesn't solve the first problem. In fact, this technique reduces the intensity of the signal, worsening the sensitivity problem described earlier. Dr. Norcott proposes combining a hyperpolarization technique called Sabre with Dreamtime. He calls this Sabre Dream and argues that the technique can reduce signal overlap while increasing sensitivity. Essentially, Norcott's Sabre Dream allows individual hyperpolarized components to be visualized independently. Dr. Norcott tested this approach, comparing Sabre Dream to each technique in isolation, using it to monitor the progress of a chemical reaction. You'll have to read his paper in Physical Chemistry, Chemical Physics for the details, but in short, Sabre Dream achieved a similar level of signal enhancement to Sabre but filtered the data so well that the unwanted signals from other parts of the chemical mixture were almost completely eliminated. This experiment shows that the two major weaknesses of NMR, low sensitivity and signal overlap, can both be mitigated at the same time. This offers scientists new and improved ways to use NMR in their work, especially when trying to study minor components in complex mixtures. This technique could well be useful in medical imaging too, 
for example for monitoring markers such as glucose levels in people with diabetes. This SciPod is a summary of the paper Selective NMR Detection of Individual Reaction Components Hyperpolarized by Reversible Exchange with Parahydrogen in Physical Chemistry Chemical Physics. For further information, you can connect with Dr. Norcott at philip.norcott, that's P-H-I-L-I-P dot N-O-R-C-O-T-T -T, at A-N-U dot E-D-U dot A-U.